Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today during the season when Mother Nature's beauty takes center stage, it's the perfect time for a reminder about the importance of keeping it that way by recycling whenever possible. And with the return of lawn and home improvement season, household hazardous waste collection days are back at Litter Landing. We have details. Also this morning, to your health, sometimes referred to as type 1.5, what is latent autoimmune diabetes in adults? And how is it different from the more familiar forms of the disease? And another 4-H program year is now underway with Hancock County Fair only a little more than four months away. Lauren Berner Kitzler from the OSU Extension Office will be here to tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, April 10th, 2023. So how was your Easter uh, holiday? I got to tell you what happened at at our place. We uh, hosted the uh, family Easter gathering uh, over the weekend. And, uh, of course, uh, my wife goes all out for Easter. She loves the uh, Easter egg hunts and um, stuffing all of the eggs for the – we use little plastic eggs for, you know, all of the the kids uh, in the extended family, grandkids, cousins, nieces, nephews, you know, all of that. Uh, so anyway, my uh, wife spent last week uh, stuffing like, I don't know, 200 eggs worth of candy and everything. And then what happened <laughs> What happened over the weekend? Uh, every family with kids bailed on us. <laughs> they all canceled out at the last minute. None of them showed up. So we have all of these eggs <laughs> and we had like no kids. Uh, and so... Uh, kudos to my kids, uh, our boys, who, by the way, are ages 28 and 30, stepped up <laughs> to, to hunt the eggs. <laughs> and so we, uh, with that, since they were, you know, good sports about it, we uh, decided that anyone under the age of 30 would participate in the in the egg hunt. So we had all of, the, all of these uh, grown uh, men and women <laughs> there in the backyard hunting down all of the uh, all of the eggs. So it was uh, quite the quite the sight at our uh, our house uh, on Easter uh, for the uh, for the Oaks family egg hunt. And then the worst part was uh, after they got done hunting all of the eggs. I mean, they ate some of the candy, uh, but then they left the rest of it. It's <laughs> So my wife and I have, like, tons of candy at our house uh, now to get rid of. But uh, anyway, it's, it's by the way, speaking of uh, Easter, uh, the uh, numbers are in. Actually, I guess these were the projections. I don't know how much money you spent on Easter. But uh, collectively, Americans were projected to spend $24 billion on Easter this year. That is $192 per person uh, $192 per person celebrating. $3.3 billion of that uh, spent on candy alone. Um, 90% of all Easter baskets filled with candy. $7.3 billion spent on food for Easter dinner. $4 billion spent on those all-important Easter outfits. You know, have a, uh, have a new Easter outfit with your Easter bonnet. Uh, for uh, Easter, $4 billion on clothes. Uh, chocolate Easter bunnies were the uh, big item, as you would expect. 44% of all Easter baskets had a chocolate Easter bunny, 
And uh, as for the best way to consume, the proper way to consume those, 78% of Americans say they eat the ears first. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, 90 billion Easter chocolate Easter bunnies sold uh, this this holiday. And uh, I guess we were not alone at our house because it says here, uh, for parents who have adult children, the Easter Easter traditions die hard. Sixty percent say that they uh, stuff an Easter basket for their adult children. So I guess we're not alone. I won't make fun of my wife then. Um, so anyway, just kind of uh, interesting. By the way, uh, if you have uh, speaking of. Turning adults into kids again, the Easter Easter egg hunt at my house, and you know, like I said, uh, apparently according to this, uh, according to the numbers, a lot of us still uh, do the Easter basket thing with our adult age kids. Uh, if you have ever wished you could stop adulting, you are not alone. A new survey out of the UK, two thousand adults. I think we mentioned this last week. Um, 26% said that they wish they wished that they hadn't taken their childhood for granted. Nine years old, they said. Nine years old is the ideal kid age. And again, I think we we mentioned uh, something about this uh, last week, uh, this survey. But I've got a few more details from this survey. I thought this was kind of interesting. 56% of those in the survey said that they had lost their sense of fun by the age of 27. That's when you grow up and you no longer have any fun. Um, so, uh, the survey commissioned by Tropicana revealed that the number one thing from their childhood that adults miss is school holidays. <laughs> Getting time off. Um, because, yeah, you know, once you get to the real world, you don't get as many of those days off. You certainly don't get the summers off uh, in most jobs. A close second, the number one thing that adults miss from their childhood, is waking up without a care in the world. And a third on the list of things that adults miss about being a kid, not having any life admin work. You know, just the regular daily grind of life. Laundry, bills, and all of those have-to-do items. So, <laughs> I thought that was... Interesting. 27. Age 27. Time when you lose your uh, all of your fun. And maybe uh, that's why when we become adults, uh, we have a more difficult time of making new friends. It says, as Americans age, as adults age, they have a more difficult time making new friends. And they say the reasons are pretty basic. In college and, I mean, it in school, uh, elementary school through college, there are lots of people your own age all around you. So you're surrounded by people uh, who are your peers age-wise. That doesn't always happen when you are an adult. Um, You have a wide range of people to choose from to become friends with. And there are also, when you're younger, uh, simple, straightforward ways to connect. Because again, you're in school you all share that uh that's something you all have in common the people in your class and and so on 
After you get older, though, uh, you and your friends go in different directions. And even when you stay in touch, it is harder to find time to hang out or connect when you're all taking on new jobs, different jobs, uh, new apartments, living in different parts of the country, and uh, so on and so forth. And, of course, new relationships will pull you away from the old relationships. Busy schedules also make it harder for adults to develop new friendships. And uh, you might have found some work buddies, but getting together for anything other than just a quick drink after work is often complicated because you have so many other things uh, in your life. You are busy adulting, as they say. So uh, no wonder, they say, by uh, 27, we're just no fun anymore. Makes it harder to find new friends. Anyway, I thought was uh, kind of interesting. So, uh, speaking of Easter, the White House uh, is all set for the annual Easter egg roll today. First Lady uh, Jill Biden is continuing her theme of education, education, education for the event, turning the South Lawn into a school community. Oh boy, that'll that sounds like that'll be fun for kids. I really look forward to that. <laughs> No, they say fun educational activities for the thousands of kids expected to attend. Special appearances including uh, include uh, Hallie Bailey, who uh, is the star of the new live-action Little Mermaid. She stars as Ariel in the uh, new version of Little Mermaid. There will be players from the Baltimore Ravens and the Philadelphia Eagles there, cast members from The Lion King on Broadway. White House estimates about 30,000 people will take part in this year's event, a tradition that dates back all the way to 1878. So that was uh, happening today. The South Lawn of the White House. Annual Easter egg roll. And uh, did you catch the Masters over the weekend? What a crazy tournament. Because, what, the second day uh, they got all of this rain... And so they had to pick up the second round on Saturday and finish that before they could make the cut. So everybody started the day on Saturday, whereas usually that would be a smaller field because you'd already cut down the field. But they had to finish the second round on Saturday. And then the rain came again and wiped out most of the third round. And so then on Sunday, they had to finish the third round and then play the entire final round. It was just crazy. It was a crazy weekend at the Masters. I was, I was watching some of, the, uh, some of the coverage on Saturday. as I mean, It was pouring in Augusta on, on Saturday to the point where there's like standing water on the greens. But uh, <laughs> there were water hazards where there aren't normally water hazards. No, it was uh, crazy. But congratulations, John Rahm came from four shots back to win by three. No, one by four. Uh, he was four back and then he won by four uh, on the uh, fourth day. What a huge swing he had. So John Rahm uh, wins, and uh, you know that the PGA Tour is breathing a sigh of relief because Brooks Kepka, who finished tied for second with Phil Mickelson, who came out of nowhere on the final day to post an 8-under for the tournament, uh, played 7-under on the uh, in the final round. 
came out of nowhere to uh, come darn close to winning it. Um, both uh, Kepka and Mickelson, of course, are part of the Live Golf Tour, and you know that the PGA, the last thing they wanted was to see one of those Live golfers uh, take a major. But uh, John Rahm uh, wins. I think everybody, though, was cheering for Sam Bennett, the amateur who played in the final grouping in the third round and was right up there with a chance to maybe challenge for the lead until the fourth round, and he uh, didn't have a really good... uh, the, The second part of his third round in the fourth round, he really struggled. But man, he exploded out of the gate, had a couple of uh, really nice rounds in the uh, early going. was the only amateur that made the cut. Ended up finished tied for 16th at uh, minus two for the tournament. That was uh, all kinds of of cool. And speaking of sports, uh, I happened to see this over the weekend, this item. Um... Apparently, climate change is having an impact on America's pastime. (laughs) A recent study out of Dartmouth College analyzed Major League Baseball games and found an increase in the number of home runs uh, over the uh, past several years, and they theorize it is because of thinner air. They analyzed 100,000 baseball games and 220,000 individual hits to compare the number of home runs with unseasonably warm weather. And they say when the weather warms up, the air is thinner, the ball travels farther, and so they extrapolate out that uh, the uh, climate change is impacting the number of home runs. They say if the current trends continue, rising temperatures could account for 10% of home runs by the year 2100. Wow. Now, that's... Now we got to do something about this. It's threatening all of these sacred baseball records because of climate change. Or people are just hitting more home runs. Anyway, interesting stuff. They are some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly to mostly sunny today, a high of 67. Just a few clouds tonight, low 41. The Finley Police Department is investigating a Saturday night shooting that sent two people to the hospital. The police department says officers responded to an address on East Front Street in reference to a fight involving shots being fired. When police arrived on the scene, they learned that two people had been shot and one got himself to the hospital and the other was transported by ambulance. Police say the suspect in the shooting has been identified as 20-year-old Isaiah Moore of Findlay. Get more on this case on our website. Ohio U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown joined rail union workers in Sandusky, where a Norfolk Southern train derailed last October. He and other officials are calling for lawmakers to pass the Railway Safety Act of 2023. That legislation would require two-person crews, increased training, and higher financial penalties. The Public Utilities Commission of Ohio has approved more than a million dollars in safety upgrades for railways, and that's just for 15 Ohio counties. All of these upgrades are expected to be finished in April, of next year. I'm Yolanda Harris. Backyard Mission Trip of Finley's annual event is coming up. Instead of going afar on a mission trip, churches, community members, and other volunteers will gather on Saturday, April 22nd and do things like yard work, painting, and making house repairs. Leanne Ireland invites you to help out. We take all skill levels, no matter if it's just yard work that you want to do or if you have a more skilled labor. 
She says they average more than 200 projects at the annual event. Learn more about Backyard Mission Trip of Finley and how you can help out with it on our website. As early voting continues for Ohio's May primary, a new state law requires voters to have a state-issued photo ID. For people who do not have one, the state is offering help. BMV offices around the state will provide free state photo IDs that are temporary until your new one arrives in the mail. This is because paper documents, such as utility bills, birth certificates, or social security cards, are no longer good. I'm Angela Ann. Don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So now to our cover story this morning. Of course, this is the season when the beauty of Mother Nature takes center stage. Everything coming back to life. The flowers are blooming. Air is crisp and fresh and gorgeous. And it's the perfect time for a reminder about the importance of keeping Mother Nature beautiful uh, by recycling whenever possible. And Courtney Comstock is with us from uh, Litter Landing, the Hancock County Solid Waste Management District. Courtney, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about uh, recycling in general, first of all. And there are a couple of uh, special uh, things coming up that we want to highlight. But uh, recycling, obviously, is something you do every day, Mm -hmm. uh, make possible Litter Landing. So what is recyclable, recyclable? Uh, there are many items in your household that can be uh, recycled. At Litter Landing, we take plastics numbered ones, twos, threes, fives, and sevens. Okay. So that's like your laundry detergents, your milk jugs, your water bottles, okay. um, your butter containers, cottage cheese, those types of things. So uh, those numbers. Most, so most everything that we would buy. What would be some examples of things that wouldn't be recyclable? The black plastic. Okay. Um, like your carry-out containers, a lot of those, that con- okay. they got a lot of um, contaminants in it to get it that color black. Ah, so when we okay. melt it down um, at the next step, it contaminates all the plastics gotcha. inside of it. Okay. The lids on materials, they're really solid. They're considered well, a number four. Because yeah, that's what think I was... about how many times on and off and on and off yeah. when you're drinking your bottle. Or... Well, that's what I was going to say. I've got you know my water bottle here, and uh, obviously, so the plastic bottle itself, but the cap is a different material. That is correct so you have to take the cap off yes okay. there are places that can collect just the caps we unfortunately at litter landing cannot do that yet okay. um but it is one of those things that it can slow down the processing it can jam up our machines it can blow bales because it holds the air inside the bottles so hmm. that okay those caps can cause a myriad of problems if they're not caught in time okay. we have so a very off. small staff that tries to catch it but you know, we're caps off, please. Uh, caps on the, uh, off. Plastics. So plastics are always the the tough one because oh, they there are. are some that can be recycled and some that can't. But then there are a lot of other things. Yeah, that you take we as well. take the cardboard, um, moving boxes, newspapers, office paper. Now with cardboard, again, here's something to keep in mind because I've always been told like pizza boxes. Uh, a lot of times are not recyclable if you've got the grease on them. That depends on your community. Okay. Um, at Litter Landing, we don't mind pizza boxes, but gotcha. what okay. really slows us down are the cartons. Your milk cartons, your ice cream cartons, your orange juice cartons. Cardboard is not meant to hold water. Right. So 
So if your cardboard is holding a liquid, it's probably coated. It is coated with a wax that can truly affect the processing of the cardboard. So those can't be recycled. That is correct. Gotcha. Cartons like that are not accepted. So something that is coated in another substance, like a waxy substance. Yep. I usually try and remind people, you know, if your roof is leaking, you're not grabbing a cardboard box to stop that roof leak. (laughs) Very true. If you were, you know, it's probably not just cardboard. for a very small amount of time. Yeah. Okay, so uh, cardboard, uh, again, there are some limitations mm-hmm. there. Uh, what about paper products? Uh, shredded paper, office paper, newspapers, all of those items can be recycled. Okay. Um, not that we see very many of them around anymore, but phone books are about the only thing that's a no-no on those. Okay. Um, they're already on their last life, so they're heavier weight and no material when they shred it down because you add water to make paper when you shred it. Mm-hmm. And it's already, if you've ever gotten your phone book wet, it's it's yeah. gone the minute you dampen gotcha. it. Gotcha. So okay. it evaporates. The other items, uh, aluminum beverage cans. Um, now, do those have to be rinsed out first? They do not have to be rinsed out, but okay. we don't really like bees. Okay. So as the cans so it's sit around, it's just a courtesy. courtesy. Okay. Same with the steel food cans. We have okay. um, several stray cats that like to play with the, the cans. Sure. It's just the part of being out in the environment and mm-hmm. taking care of things. Right. It's so. not something... So we do try and uh, control those contaminants as well. So rinsing them out is certainly a benefit, but it is not required. Okay. Um, plus, as you're storing them in your garage, let's be honest, it's going to smell less. Right. That's a very good point. <laughs> you know, be selfish. Rinse them out. Yeah. Um, and then anything else that maybe people overlook that is that is recycled that people don't realize and oftentimes goes in the trash i think aluminum foil when we're doing our family dinners and Mm. stuff a lot of people don't realize that that aluminum foil can be recycled and collected and then of course there's glass at one point we were unable to accept it now we are it doesn't matter the color we just ask that the lids be removed because they're either steel or plastic lids which is obviously not a glass product okay so we do have to limit that to bottles and jars I know that people have light bulbs and mirrors, but those have other things mixed with the components. Okay, so, glass, so when they break in the jar. bin, it can be problematic. Gotcha. And that's what caused issues last time that we had to okay. remove it. So, so we want to focus on the bottles and jars. Glass bottles and jars. Okay, so and, and uh, again, on those, labels have to be removed? Labels do not have to be removed. Okay. They come off during the heating process. Okay. So we do like it, if again, if they're rinsed out because, you know, right. it can it can smell sometimes, especially if you've removed those lids. But, you know, for the most part, doing the recycling okay. and sorting it properly helps us to stay open. Um, we're a staff of seven. So when you're talking about trying to be open six and days a week to the, the public, county. plus yeah. we've got those uh, 24 roll-off containers that are located throughout the county. Well, and that's the other uh, question. Uh, all of these things we're talking that, that you can recycle at Litter Landing all of those things can be collected at the roll-off bins as well? Not everything. The okay. aluminum foil, it has to be separated okay. out. Um, we also accept clothing at Litter Landing. That can't go into the mobile bins. The mobile bins have the top eight, which is your plastic, your paper, your cardboard, your steel, your uh, aluminum beverage cans, your steel food cans, okay. as well as your glass, so your okay. top. Um, when you say clothing, um, yep. you're not recycling it. To, or, or repurposing it to 
you know, to give it new life no. in terms of selling it. Correct. You know, it's not like donating to the Salvation Army. No, that this is a totally different program. We yeah. encourage you, if your clothing still has life, to go ahead and give it to those facilities. So this would be this stuff is that... straight landfill diversion. These okay. items, you know, you always lose one sock. You always, you know, have one <laughs> shoe that the sole bottomed out on. Right. You know, those types of things can go into this because obviously it can't be repurposed, in which gotcha. case it gets ground up and made into uh, rags and insulation. Okay. So, uh, again, a lot of things can be recycled. Maybe some stuff that you hadn't thought of or uh, ways to make the recycling pro- uh, process uh, work a little bit smoother for those that actually uh, do the work. Now, we mentioned that you've got a couple of uh, things coming up. Uh, obviously, this is the return of lawn care and home improvement season. You have uh, household hazardous waste collection days returning, and one of those is today, as a matter yes. of fact. Yes, uh, we will be hosting those from now until August, every Monday, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Litter Landing. Okay. We hire a third-party contractor to come in. They'll collect your pesticides, your stains, your paints, your thinners, aerosols. You know, if you happen to have a mercury thermometer still sitting around, feel free to bring it out. We'll get that contained and properly disposed of and recycled. Motor oils can be collected, antifreeze, lead acid batteries, which is your car, your lawnmower. You went to fire it up and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So those types of items can be collected. And again, it's this it starts, it's Mondays, and it's from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Monday except for holidays. Okay, so we'll so have about 20 events by the time August hits. Those are the specific times, though. That's not stuff that you can normally uh, take in. Correct. Literally, landing is not certified for those household hazards. That's why we have to have the contractor come in. And you can't even take them and store them for when they No, it's a safety hazard, and we yeah. certainly don't want to have any fires or mishaps. Yeah, so people come in at 1.30 and say, well, can't you just hold it until next Monday? Unfortunately, no. No, the answer is okay. no. So 10 to 1 on uh, Mondays. Uh, you also have another tire recycling. Uh, yes, we got up. that scheduled. We are working with Goodyear Cooper. That will be on June 10th. Obviously, more um, information will be available on our Facebook and our website as that date gets closer. But it's a one-day event from 9 to noon. We collect those out off of 140. Uh, so certainly look for those details to come up because, you know, you get the tires that are sitting around, mm-hmm. old flower beds. Yeah. You can only do so much for a little bit. Yeah. And again, these events that the Solid Waste District hosts is for residents, not for businesses. You know, businesses are expected through the Ohio EPA to take care of their own stuff. We are trying to offer this for the resident that has five, six gallons of paint sitting in their basement, a tire off to the side of their garage and for those uh special events uh particularly have to show uh proof of residency yes we do try and require so that we can get uh epa credit for servicing servicing our residents as well as providing for them so we do ask for a photo id at those events and uh you have more information on all of this at your website yes it is at hancockenvironment.com and i also post these events on our facebook page which is the hancock county solid waste management district uh so you can certainly follow i post on that and try and keep that up to date within reason 
All right. Very good. Uh, we've got a link up on our webpage as well. Again, this is the season when we're focused on the beauty of Mother Nature and we want to keep America beautiful, as the uh, old slogan goes. Uh, again, uh, Courtney Comstock from uh, Litter Landing, the Hancock County Solid Waste Management District. Courtney, thanks very much for dropping by. We Thank appreciate you. So to your health this morning, Jacqueline Haskins is the author of what is the first book targeted at the general public on the condition known as LADA, or Latent Autoimmune Diabetes in Adults, sometimes called Diabetes 1.5. It's a condition that has been known to researchers since the 1980s, actually, but only recently beginning to be known to the general public. The book is called Kick-Ass Healthy Lada, How to Thrive with Latent Autoimmune, Autoimmune Dis- uh, Diabetes in Adults. So, Jacqueline, what exactly is Lada, and how is it different from other forms of diabetes that maybe we're more familiar with? I know you're not a doctor, but clearly you have a greater knowledge and understanding than most of us do here. Yeah, thanks Thanks for asking, Chris. and. Um, I really appreciate you bringing this topic to your readers or your listeners, excuse me. Um, I was diagnosed, a doctor told me that I had type 2 diabetes. And I never questioned that because that's what my doctor said. Right. Um, But then a medical friend asked me, hey, has anyone asked you about LADA? And I said, about what? Because <laughs> I'd never seen it. So, so you were as unfamiliar. Time, so you were as unfamiliar as uh, any anyone else was about this. Absolutely. But then once I knew that it was real, and I tend to call it Lada, but Lada Lada, it's just an alphabet soup name, L A D A. Uh, once I knew it was real, and I started googling it and learning about it, I thought, "Hey, this sounds like me." And then I asked the doctor to test me for it. And it's very simple blood work. They look in your blood. They see that you have antibodies and they say, oops, oh, I guess you're not type 2. I guess you're this whole other different type of diabetes. So that was life-changing because I need different treatments, different approach to life. Now that I know I don't have type 2, I have LADA. So I feel like that friend saved my life and... The book is just trying to be that friend to other people just to let them know that actually one out of 10 people who are told they have type 2 actually have this very different type of diabetes. Hmm. So what makes it different specifically? Yeah, so it sort of has the opposite cause. Um, It is called, one of the words in that alphabet soup name is autoimmune. And um, some of us are familiar with type 1 diabetes, which we used to call juvenile diabetes. Mm -hmm. But now we know that people of any age can get any type of diabetes. So like type 1, in LADA, it's autoimmune, which means you are running out of insulin like your car runs out of gas. Now with type 2, you're also having problems with your insulin, but it's a completely different problem. So if you're misdiagnosed, as so often happens, you're getting treated for the wrong kind of hmm. insulin problem. So, so you actually break down in the book the these different types of diabetes diagnoses and how to best find the uh, correct treatment strategy if this is what you find out that you're dealing with, right? Yes, yes, I just, exactly. 
the book goes into the details. It is, it's, you know, there's a lot of details about exactly what type of test to look for. Uh-huh. But I just want to let people know that it exists, that yeah. it's out there. And, and the book focuses first and foremost on food and nutrition. We know that that is important for any diabetic, Lada included, and, and maybe even more so? Yes, um, I think I think it's really important it, to use all the tools in your hand, all the cards in your hand, all the tools available uh, when you have Lada. And food, activity, restful sleep, uh, stress management, all those things are hugely important. Uh, my book has a whole section on carb craft. And uh, I lay out 22 steps of carb craft that are going to help you eat in a way that's honestly good for anyone, but it becomes critical once we learn that we have very little insulin left in our yeah. body. Yeah, well, and, and that was one of the things that I was going to bring up because I, I know one of the struggles that many diabetics have is with the idea that certain foods are, if not off limits entirely, so limited as to make following that special diet very unappealing. So this carb craft strategy, you say, will allow you to safely enjoy the foods that you love. Explain. Oh, absolutely. I think that it's hard enough to have um, a disease like this. But if we then add blame and shame and deprivation, uh, we don't need that and we can't thrive with that. So I want to encourage people, I like to say, you can eat anything, you just can't eat everything, right? You can't yeah. everything, eat everything all at once. Yeah. So it might be more about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat it less often and I'm going to eat it on those special occasions and I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. Or I'll take a smaller portion or I'll, do, I'll use one of my other tools in my toolbox on the day that I eat that fabulous birthday cake or whatever it is that is my food that I love. And I encourage people, I say to them, spend carbs like gold. You know, go ahead mm. and spend them, but just know that they're precious. Yeah. Uh, so what other types of tools and advice will people find in the book? Um, yeah, the book is split into sections and starts out explaining what Lada is and, and what to do about it. And then I go through all the different types of tools we can use, and that um, food is a huge one, uh, but also joyful activity. And too often, if we say exercise, it, right away it sounds like a chore. Yeah. But I'm going to challenge your listeners. I bet that they can all think of something they love to do, whether it's going dancing, walking in the moonlight, playing basketball, um, high tea, swimming, whatever people love to do, sometimes we forget to make time to just play and have fun. And um, it's wonderful to have this push to be like, okay, I have to do this to be healthy. Now, all of this being said, is this one of those like natural therapy replacement plans? I mean, are you suggesting in the book that, that using this formula and using following this advice is an alternative to traditional medical treatment? Oh, not at all. I have a whole chapter talking about medications. And if you do have LADA, there, um, some of the type 2 medications are actually bad for you or yeah. actually harm you. So it's important. 
but um, other type 2 medications will help you. So your doctor just has to know exactly what you have, and then it may end up adjusting your medications. But no, medications are helpful. Supplementing insulin is helpful, depending on where you are mm-hmm. in along your path of losing insulin. Um, vitamins, activity, food, we bring it all together, and then... Um, it's less of a struggle when we're using all of those things. And then there is a certain level of commiseration uh, in this uh, as well, <laughs> understanding that, no, you're not alone. Yes, there are other people who are dealing with this a- as well. And if uh, and you can do it because others have, have shown that it is possible. Yeah, that's, that's lovely, Chris, because um, I know that actually when I was diagnosed, I was very depressed. Yeah. But I didn't even want to admit it because people were going to shame me for being depressed. You know, they're going to be like, oh, get over yourself. So what? You don't have cancer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's actually, it's common to be really depressed. And some of that is these misconceptions out there. Um, it's not, this disease is not our fault. It's an autoimmune disease. We couldn't help it. Uh, it's not something we did. So we shouldn't shame ourselves. We shouldn't blame ourselves. And we, we shouldn't think about depriving ourselves. We should find the joyful things. We should still eat the foods we love. Just We may have to approach it a little differently. And we should just not beat ourselves up. Again, Jacqueline Haskins is author of Kick-Ass Healthy Lada, How to Thrive with Latent Autoimmune Diabetes in Adults. And do you have a website where folks can learn more about the book? Yes, and I want to say that the book um, published by a mainstream publisher and so it's available anywhere that you like to buy books and i do have a website it's healthylada.com healthy l-a-d-a.com jacqueline thanks very much for taking the time we appreciate it it was lovely to be here thank you so much 20 years of making mornings good mornings with chris oaks on 1330 wfin wfin.com and 95.5 fm We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A suspect is in custody following a bizarre pre-dawn police response to a burglary report in Volusia County, Florida. (laughs) It's always fun we have stories out of Florida because Florida is just uh, on a whole different level when it comes to bizarre things happening. This is from Volusia County. Uh... Officers from the uh, local police department say they were called to a home early on Sunday morning, arriving to find 34-year-old Blake Tokman unclothed and coated in grease and peppermint oil. (laughs) Naked and covered in grease and peppermint oil. Allegedly, he was trying to flee the scene on foot. Uh, Efforts to take Mr. Tokman into custody reportedly were hampered by his slick skin. (laughs) As you might imagine. After struggling with at least four officers, he was finally taken into custody before being charged with two counts of occupied burglary, three counts of battery on a law enforcement officer, two counts of criminal mischief, and resisting arrest. A court court date in the case is now pending. (laughs) No word on why he was naked, covered in grease and peppermint oil. (laughs) And I'm not sure I want to know. 
Elsewhere in the broken news, a woman has been charged with stealing from a bank in Pleasant Hill, Missouri. Witnesses said Bonnie Gooch was dressed in all gray with plastic gloves, a black N95 mask, and black sunglasses. Passed a note to a teller demanding $13,000 in small bills. I don't know why that particular amount of money uh, was her demand, but $13,000 in small bills. She allegedly told the teller not to count the money and to just give it to her. Surveillance footage captured Ms. Gooch banging on the counter and urging the teller to hurry up with the cash. After being given the money, she was seen leaving the bank in a Buick Enclave with a handicap registration number on display. (laughs) Police were able to uh, locate her vehicle and stopped her in a nearby parking lot. Prosecutors say she uh, smelled strongly of alcohol, and police found a large amount of cash in small bills on the floorboard of her vehicle. She was subsequently arrested and charged with one count of stealing or attempting to steal from a financial institution. By the way, I should mention, and this is what kind of makes this... uh, qualify for the uh, broken news uh bonnie gooch is 78 years old 78 (laughs) robbed a bank and so well you know you're in your uh sunset years you always uh, look for new adventures i guess but actually this was not her first rodeo her first conviction came out of california in 1977 and more recently The robbery of a Lee's Summit Bank in 2020. (laughs) So she's had a long and colorful history of this sort of thing. Still going at it. At the age of 78. Well, age is just a number. They say. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. In Boston. Transit police responded to reports of a potential weapon situation on Friday when they arrived uh, at the uh, Back Bay Station. This is transit police, and they arrived at the uh, Back Bay uh, Station. They found something literally out of this world. Boba Fett from the Star Wars franchise. (laughs) The intergalactic fan was uh, role-playing as the character and carrying a replica weapon... Just a replica weapon from the Star Wars universe. Transit police confirmed that no one was in real danger. The costume was complete with a dark helmet and visor. In response to the incident, one commuter identified the weapon as an EE-3 carbine three-round burst that's been around since the Clone Wars. So, (laughs) I guess this is an ancient weapon? I don't know. It was in a real danger there. But you can see where that would uh, cause some commotion. Uh, And a couple of items from the international file of the broken news. A British dog with an alcohol dependency has kicked the habit. A very rare case, a lab mix named Coco had to undergo detox treatment for alcoholism after his owner passed away. It's believed that the owner would habitually leave containers of alcohol out before turning in at night uh, and and going to sleep, which Coco then helped himself to. It's not like the owner was deliberately getting his dog hooked on booze, but he would leave the booze out and dogs being curious animals. 
<laughs> and eventually, Coco became a lush. Following his owner's passing, Coco was taken to the Woodside Animal Welfare Trust, where he received intensive care for withdrawal symptoms. Coco now is off all medication and is now starting to behave like a normal dog, the trust writes on social media. While Coco is not quite ready to be adopted, it appears that there is no shortage of commenters willing to give him a home when he is ready. So, the story has a happy ending. Thank good goodness that uh, Coco has kicked the habit. And finally, in the broken news this morning, a man in China has gone viral for spending an entire night kneeling in the rain to beg his ex to take him back. According to a story that I saw on Yahoo News, the unidentified man spent 21 hours on his knees with a bouquet of flowers outside his ex-girlfriend's office building in Dajiao, the Sichuan province, from 1 p.m. on March 28th until 10 a.m. the next day. As he begged for his ex to take him back, locals gathered around him to film and urge him to get up and go home. Many of us, one man uh, who was uh, part of the crowd that had gathered said, many of us tried to talk him into just leaving. It's not necessary to keep on kneeling. Groveling is not getting you anywhere. The girlfriend not willing to show up, but if you are still here, uh, the girlfriend is not willing to show up, but you are still here losing face. <laughs> girlfriend was not, not impressed. When officers... Uh, approached him because it was starting to be a distraction. Uh, the man reportedly asked, is it illegal for me to kneel down here? If it's not illegal, please leave me alone. <laughs> Unfortunately, not such a happy ending for this man because his uh, girlfriend not interested in taking him back, I guess. That's sad. You go through all of that effort, and you know, what can you do? There you go. Uh, some of the uh, odd and unusual news this morning. Today's broken news report. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Finley's Andy Ritz on becoming a Finley Rotarian. After 35 years working as a pediatrician in Finley, I wanted to give back to the community, but not at my job, but as a service that would reach many people. The best way to do this was for me to join Finley Rotary, and that's what I did in February of 2022. To become part of an organization that brings together business, professional leaders to provide community service and advance goodwill, contact Finley Rotary at FindleyRotary.org and click on join. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. This is really interesting. A a new poll of 4,000 adults have found that 53% of women have experienced imposter syndrome. You familiar with that term? It's the idea that uh, you're not really worthy of all of the attention that you get, either in uh, at work, people pat you on the back, and you're a great worker, and you're an expert in your field, whatever. Um, or maybe it's uh, you know some other interest that you have, and people shower you with compliments, talking about how good you are. Fifty-three percent of women have experienced imposter syndrome. That feeling of unfounded self-doubt and incompetence. Um, And women are more likely to experience this than are men. 72% of women 
who feel like an imposter experience it in the workplace. 72%. 29% feel it when they are out with their friends. 24% feel it gets in the way of romantic relationships even. And the average onset of imposter syndrome is 23 years of age. Uh, Claire Reindorp of the Young Women's Trust says young women face many challenges in reaching their potential, progressing in life and earning what they should. And a lot of it boils down to imposter syndrome. Uh, Some believe that an uptick in imposter syndrome can be blamed on constant connectivity and social media, the judgment that comes along with that. But I thought this was really uh, interesting. Even though women are more likely than men to suffer from imposter syndrome, Most of us feel insecure in some way, because it boils down to insecurity. Most of us feel insecure an average of five times a day. This is according to a separate survey of 2,000 U.S. adults. Common causes of shaky nerves, insecurity, include speaking in front of a large group, starting a new job, or using a dating app for the very first time. 43% of those in this survey said working out boosted their self-esteem. 41% felt improved confidence when they helped others. So maybe those are some of the strategies for eliminating some of that imposter syndrome. So another 4-H program year is now underway. And uh, joining us is Lauren Berner Kitzler from the Hancock County OSU Extension to tell us what's happening with 4-H. I tell you, we were talking about the uh, weather forecast uh, earlier. It's going to feel very much like summer, so I guess we should mention that the Hancock County Fair is only, what, four months away, give or take. Yes, that is correct. So good morning, (laughs) listeners. Um, Yeah, Four months away. Four months away. We are in full swing in the 4-H side of things. Um. It is a busy year. We had our enrollment. It has ended. It ended April 1st. We have a total of 900 um, members, volunteers in our 4-H system this year. Yes. So I have some breakdown numbers. So we have 645 4-H members here in Hancock County have signed up. We have 141 volunteers slash advisors. And then we have 103 Clover Buds. Our Clover Buds are our young 4-H members that are not quite in 4-H but in the process of getting that way. So, so what are very the, exciting. What do the clover buds uh, do? Because they don't have the, the regular buds. You go to the fair and you see the projects, uh, you know, whether it's the animals or the other uh, stuff in the uh, 4-H booth. You see the project. What do the clover buds do? Yes. Yeah, so our clover buds, they, they kind of are in a special group. They are age kindergarten to third grade. Okay. Um, and we have a wonderful instructor. Her name is Beth Marshall. She takes all those clover buds around. They meet once a month and um, just visiting and touring different places here in Hancock County. Okay. But we also have our clubs, our individual 4-H clubs also have Clover Buds and a part of them. Um, and they can take a project just for fun, not necessarily in the program. Gotcha. But they are still very much involved with the 4-H program all around. So, so. kind of dipping their toes in the 4-H yeah, program, just getting as their feet wet. Yep. Gotcha. And uh, then you mentioned the 4-H uh, actual enrollees, the participants. Uh Range in age from just out of Clover Buds all the way up through seniors in high school. Yep, yeah. eighteen. So the last is you have to be eighteen as of January one, and that's kind of where our cutoff is. Okay. So we do still have a really good handful of our seniors um, involved. This I year. know historically, uh, Hancock County has been one of the strongest 4-H programs in the state of Ohio. 
Yes, so. it is. So, and we're hoping to keep that keep that going. Absolutely. So. so, kudos to everyone involved, not just the participants, but obviously the volunteers who make it happen. Oh, absolutely. I could not do it without my volunteers and advisors. <laughs> they are wonderful. We have a total of thirty nine clubs here in Hancock County. So, wow. yes. Yeah, a lot of. Uh, so what is uh, so what is going on uh, right now? Okay, so coming up, um, currently, what's happening in kind of the extension side of things is we are in the schools. We are doing in school programming. We are really active on three main programs. The first one is Real Money, Real World, and that's kind of geared towards our seventh and eighth graders, um, teaching them about financial literacy. Um, when they get into the real world, you know, we kind of. Flash you forward to 27 years old, you're married, you have a couple kids, yeah. and you go different stations of a real role life. Playing. Yes, uh, real life. And you're given uh, a job, you're given a salary, and then you have to make that work. Yep, absolutely. There's an arrangement of eight to nine booths, just give or take on the age group and the number of kids that we have participating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just a real quick snippet of real life into the world yeah yeah. uh and it's an eye-opener for a lot of uh, students i know at the end of this program you hear a lot of uh yes a lot of kids want to um not have kids when they're older (laughs) um they they learn quickly that kids are expensive which is very true but it's it's very real life yeah um so it's it's a very eye-opening yes yeah it's a great program you can find out that uh you know Putting a roof over your head and internet service yeah, and keeping drive the, a car, you got to have insurance. That's exactly. very important. All to be on the road. of these things, yes. uh, you know, uh, cost money, and you have to be able to uh, budget uh, for that. Yes. So, so. It, it's really part of the uh, financial literacy uh, program, which in the state of Ohio is required. But this mm-hmm. is it really drives yep. home. Just kind of branches message. off of that. Yeah. yeah. And then another really exciting one that we're just starting um, is called Chick Quest. It teaches elementary age kiddos the importance or Chick embryology from starting of an egg to a hatching. It's a 21 day program. Okay. Um, so I'm very excited to bring that here to Hancock County. We're going to start this week tomorrow, actually, in Corey Austin Elementary School. So I'm very excited for that. Perfect so. timing because we were just, yes. you know, we we're talking eggs and everything uh, having to do with Easter. So the uh, timing really works out yes, well. Definitely. Uh, for so. that. So, it, and again, how many times, and it, especially in like urban areas, uh, kids don't really realize where their food comes from. No, but, you no. Know. And being in these schools with doing different programs, we also do a program called Breads of Harvest, which kind of puts you back into like the 1800s um, and how they actually had to make bread. They had to go out and find sources to bring to the home and make their food. And so we did that one with Liberty Benton last week. And it's just amazing to hear the kids that sometimes the answer isn't always Walmart, you know? But yeah. Really taking it back to where our agriculture really stands. Yeah, we, we think of uh, kids in urban settings that don't know all of these things, but there are a lot of kids even in our own county. I mean, agriculture is uh, uh, you know the biggest uh, industry, but there are a fair number of people who are not involved in that on a day-to-day basis and don't know these yeah. things. Yeah, oh no, absolutely. So that's, yeah. that's our job is we want to make sure we're informing and letting them know because agriculture does play a really important role in, in our community and in everyday life. So from clothing to food. So Absolutely. we need it. Yes. Uh, and then uh, what else is uh, going on? We okay, so here? next um, up on kind of on the 4-H side is camp. We are all ready for camp, ready to go. Um, we're going to be having two camps this year. One is for our Cloverbud camp, and then one is our regular camp for our older 4-H members. Mm-hmm. So Cloverbud camp will take place June 8th. So that um, is ready to go starting May 1. The hard deadline for enrolling on that is May 19th. Okay. And then our regular camp for our 4-H members is June 25th through the 29th. 
and that will open again on May 1 as well. So the registration opens. Correct. Yep, our registration. Okay. Yep, and that registration for early bird will end May 26. So okay, uh, and again, uh, if you if folks want more information on the uh, camp dates and all of the info and everything else that's going on. They can um, call our office or visit our website, hancock.osu.edu. Very good. Uh, and like we said, uh, Hancock County Fair now only four uh, months right away. around yeah. four months, give or take. Yes. Uh, which is uh, hard to believe. But like we said, it's going to feel very much like it So uh, this coming week. Again, uh, Lauren Murray kitzler with the uh, Hancock County OSU Extension and the uh, 4-H program. Certainly uh, best of luck with uh, all of the uh, programs and projects this year. Thank Thanks you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And once again, a reminder, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow morning, fighting job burnout when you're not in a position to quit. How to put your work into better balance without appearing like you're quiet quitting. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.